Welcome back to the Chosen Life Podcast. I'm your host, the Chosen Lawyer. Back again, one of my favorite human beings on this planet. He's the president of our Friday Tefillin Club from JRCC Rockford, the one, the only Rabbi Neft, or you may know him from the stickers as Rabbi NFT. Good to be back. It's been, uh, it's what, it's uh, September. It's been a year and a few months since the last time I came on. I did not even recognize you because at the beginning I was going to start the show. I'm like, hold on, who are you exactly? Because I remember a person slightly larger that was with me on that last yeah. episode. <laughs> uh, what happened to the rest of you, Rabbi Neft? Disappeared. Uh, it's, it's actually funny because yeah, I, I we were like we were talking about earlier um, how I uh, revisited our last episode. I listened to the whole thing recently, and I'm looking at myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was that. Like that was my peak, you know, weight gain. Um, but yes, thank God. Uh, you know, I've uh, brought it back down. I'm fitting, fitting into older clothing now. I'm uh, feeling, feeling much better on a day-to-day. Uh, drink less coffee, drink more water, eat less. It's, it's, all, uh, it's all the lifestyle change that uh, you're definitely exhibiting, at least, at least in small part. You've, you've got it definitely down pat. Uh, part of the thing which I, I always joke around and people are saying, you know, <coughs> it's quite vain. Why do you walk around with a shirt of yourself flexing? I, I tell them it, it started off kind of more of a joke or anything else, but... When I put it on now, it forces me to stay looking like this because I, I can't. I would look preposterous if I'm going to wear that shirt and I don't fit the image. So it motivates me to do that. Plus, I try to inspire others to saying, hey, I don't have any God-given gifts in this department. This was purely hard work, discipline, good systems, planning. It took me many years, more fails than successes, certainly, and having to get up and restart again. And it's a very frustrating road. It's really easy to give up. But eventually, when you stop putting so much pressure on yourself and you just stick with it and you stop weighing yourself every day and stop looking in the mirror every day, one day you just wake up, you're like, whoa, it worked. And that's what I try to inspire others to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, it, and now, it's, now it's become iconic. It's not, just, it's not just a joke. It's iconic, your, uh, your logo. Well, if you go on millions.co, actually, I am a sponsored athlete on there. And you really? can purchase your own Chosen Lawyer merchandise. And all the proceeds go towards animal rescue, actually. I'm a big animal wow. lover. Uh, I have uh, my dog, Ollie, and uh, love dogs. And, uh, you know, it's um, something that's near and dear to my heart, certainly. So wherever we can help and do a mitzvah in this world, we do it. Beautiful. Now, for a lot of the world, they think that January 1st is the New Year. That's what they're trained to do. So December 31st is New Year's Eve, and then, boom, we jump into New Year. Us being in the Jewish faith, we do things slightly a little different. So as we are in September now, September is our new year. That's right. Sometimes it lands in October. And so people see you walking down the street, and they're like, wait a minute, he's holding some sort of uh, weird bone shell thing. Uh, Can you let our guests know what the heck this (coughs) item is? So what you have here on the table is called a shofar. It's actually a ram's horn. And it's a commandment that on Rosh Hashanah, which, come, which you know, as I said, comes out about this time of year, which is the, we call it the Jewish New Year, but actually it's the New Year for the entire world because Rosh Hashanah is actually the anniversary of the creation of man. Adam and Eve were created on the day that we celebrate Rosh Hashanah. So it's actually the, it's actually the, the, the New Year for all of humanity. And in fact, the Jewish, so some very, you know, uh, venerated Jewish sources ask, you know, why is Rosh Hashanah, if it's representing the creating of the, created, the creation of the world, why isn't it done five days before? Because Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day uh, of creation. And so 
Um, and so the, the answer is that the world, it, it, the world is nothing without humans. The people, the civilization that is put onto this world, we are what make the world so significant. So, the, so when we celebrate the creation of the world, we celebrate it on the day of, of Adam and Eve's creation. So we blow this on Rosh Hashanah in the new year to basically bring down a new form of spiritual energy. In fact, every year Rosh Hashanah, the world kind of does a, a cleanse and a renew, and God takes out the previous year's energy and puts in a whole new energy, changes the batteries. And so we affect the change of the batteries by blowing this. So that's why, uh, that's why I got a little, my little ram's horn over here, um, for, because it's, it's, it's holiday season, right? And let's do the translation so people understand. Rosh Hashanah. Rosh, like many words in Hebrew, can have many meanings. Rosh, head for people, but also start, right? right. And ha, the, like ha Cohen, right. the Cohen, ha shana. So da shana, da year. The year. So start of the year. The head of the year, the start, right. of, the start of the year. Right. So exciting times, cleanse the old, come in with the new, and really, really excited. Now, there's an aspect of the new year I wanted to talk to you about today specifically, and I think one that gets glossed over, unfortunately, too much in our society, and that comes down to mental health. And, you know, people think of it in, in January where they're saying, you know, it's winter time, it's snow, I'm getting the, the winter blues, uh, what did I achieve in this year, what goals do I have to set, I didn't achieve last year's goals or the year before, and it becomes this vicious cycle, Shmuel, where people are saying, I don't feel good about it, so do I even bother setting goals anymore, and it's an impossible task for me, and you know, the new year, which is supposed to start with a fresh slate, exciting prospects, for many people, they feel overburdened with that weight that they're carrying, and they can't even start anew. When somebody comes and talks to you in, in these kind of realms, what advice can you give to, your, to the, the, your patrons, to people on the street that you meet, people meet in the coffee shop or having a beer with, and saying, you know, why should I be excited about the new year? So first and foremost, I, I only preach what I practice. So a lot, of this, the, a lot of the stuff that you talked about is struggles that I've had myself. Um, I've had plenty of struggles. I'm a human being also. And so what I tell myself and what I also tell to other people is, okay, so here's we're, we're approaching a new year. We're approaching a new time, a new energy. The burden that you, that you describe that a person's carrying on them is actually, it actually doesn't exist because all they're, it's something that they're putting on themselves. It's all, right? It's all up here. So we go into the new year. We're like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym every day. And in a week, they're done. Right, because you're 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 caking so much onto yourself all at once that you can't handle it. So in my personal life, I've learned the hard way when it came to making commitments and resolutions. I make new resolutions, you know, here and there. I don't I don't push them off just to the new year, but I also don't make them all the time. I'm I'm very real with myself, um, where I say, okay, this and that thing that I want to do, I'm going to do that for two weeks. That's it. Two weeks. After two weeks, I'm not even thinking about it for two weeks. Then, if, and, and by the way, so my success rate for doing things a few weeks or a month at a time is just phenomenal, as opposed to saying, okay, from now on, I'm going to do this, X, Y, Z. And so after two weeks, I'm like, okay, I'll just keep doing it. So in la it just, it just since, even since the last time you and I sat here and spoke, I've taken on many resolutions, and some, some of them re-resolutions, where I said, okay, I'm doing this for so and so amount of time, and I'm still doing them because because it just, it, I, you know, it, 
bit by bit. So we have to be realistic with ourselves. You see, we we tend to look at ourselves as perfection. We're not. We're humans. And just like and just like we can, you know, just like we can see other, you know, the faults in others, we also have faults in ourselves. And so we need to be realistic. And even if even some of the most vital things, like for you, for example, you know, if you if for like two days you like broke your diet, you'd probably feel really down about it. And that the guilt, the shame that you kind of put on yourself um, because you've missed, skipped out on your routine um, can actually cause you just to spiral even, even worse and just go out of control. I'm sure, you've, I'm sure we all go through that. It's all about being conscientious about it. So guilt and shame doesn't work. I tell this to people, especially in Judaism. Like, okay, yes, in Judaism we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of, you know, what we call rules and regulations, but I would call them, you know, um, you, you know, co connection points, different, different, different opportunities to connect to our Creator, and so, if we, you know, miss out on one of them, even by accident, even if even less by accident or on purpose, doesn't mean we're a monster. It just means we're human. And so, I always tell this to people. Okay, so if you're going to make a commitment, let's say you're going to make a resolution for three weeks, you're going to do something. You're going to keep kosher, for example, if we're talking Judaism, and the guy says, oh, you know, I'm terrible. I went, I went to have, I went to have a breakfast sandwich or whatever. It's totally not kosher. So I say, okay. So about what about tomorrow? That means tomorrow the cycle is broken, or tomorrow you back on, you back on the path because today already happened. Like it's done. Okay. There's no, there's no, you can't sulk on it because sulking on it is just, is just, is just another, another trick that you're, that you're, uh, you know, that the, the, the devil on your shoulder is trying to, uh, trying to get you to go even, you know, even lower, and 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 you know, miss out on even more. There's an example I like to give, and everything comes down to, you know, we're talking off the air about sports and my love of baseball and wrestling, and, you know, I keep them in a separate episodes because otherwise I'll never go back to sports. So I'm going to go back to sports for a moment, <laughs> and we can talk about mental health, you know, we bring it back, and, you know, we both just mentioned as far as it, it all comes down to what's in our own minds. We're creating these expectations, we're creating this guilt, everything else, where I found it really easy for myself at least is first of all, I don't like the word diet. So I cut out diet. It's a lifestyle. That's it. Absolutely. This is how I'm living. Absolutely. That's it. This is not a crash thing. This is not a temporary thing. This is how we're going to live. Much the way, you know, religion, Judaism is not a diet. It's not a crash diet for a month or a day. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. That's all it is to it. Absolutely. Allen Iverson, Absolutely. one of the greatest basketball players of all time, you know, got ransacked for his, his comments during a press conference about <coughs> practice. You know, talking about like he just missed a practice. What's a big deal? And everybody's oh, like, yeah. wow, he, he doesn't care. I but remember he's, that. He's like, not a game. It's not a game. It's practice. Practice. When did that, can, you remind, can you remind me when that happened? Moons, moons ago. I was, I, I was a kid. I was I'd a kid. Like to I say, I'd like to say it's in the 90s. That sounds like a no, 90s No, it was in the 2000s. Practice. If it's, it's all about it's, practice. It's, it's, it's funny. The timelines now, but early 2000s. But it's been right. many, many moons yeah, since yeah. then. When you're, for example, in the, if, if, if you're concerned or know you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself and you feel, okay, I feel anxiety is coming on, I'm coming to depression, and you, those battles, pull it back for a second and tell yourself, I'm not in the Olympics right now. I'm not competing against anybody. I'm competing against myself. I'm just practicing. Okay, I didn't eat kosher today. Tomorrow's another opportunity. And then the next day and the next day. And that's what the beautiful thing is. And that's where, you know, I've had this discussion with other uh, relig religions and people from different uh, faiths, and their people think, I can do whatever I want all year, and I fix it once, one day of the year where I can repent for everything and move forward. And some say, no, I got to go every Sunday. I have to repent. I tell them at the end of the day, 
why not just not screw up? Why not not do bad things? Just leave that alone so you don't have to repent for it. But every day, who are you repenting to? You know, you think that you're accountable to someone. Whoever you are accountable to, if you, if you know and you feel that there is a God and you feel obligated to God, God is really a reflection, I believe, of us. We're really looking in that mirror. A reflection of us is a, is a God. Like we're created in God's we're, likeness, actually, right? Well, we're we're a reflection. We are a reflection of God, not He is not He is of us. But exactly, exactly. You're, what you're saying is, is very very true. And I, and I, you know, like I I like to tell people. And this is the way I was educated. Also, is that you know, it's not like it's not. There's no. It's not a math. It's not a math thing. There's no. It's not a science where okay, from you know, from Monday to Saturday. I have fun going back on Sunday. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll clean it all up. But for Jews, you know, some people, you know, some people say, oh, you know, well, and I have a whole year to have fun. <clears throat> I'll be in synagogue all Yom Kippur from night to till the next night, you know, and I'll fix it. I'll wear my white clothing, and I'll, and it'll all get fixed up. It doesn't work like that, and, be, and especially in Judaism, because Judaism is a is is you know a, a faith that that definitely requires, you know. You know, into, you know, a sort of intellectual side, a sort of rationality. It's it's not really rational to say, okay, well, you know, if I'm going to be held accountable to somebody, so I, I can do whatever I want, and then there's certain times where I don't, right? I, I, you know, there's there's a, there's an easy fix, or there's a, a way to, to wipe the clean, this clean, clean, the slate the, the clean. clean. The, the, the way it works is I'm a human being. I'm trying my best. Human beings are innately created imperfect. That's the way we were created. We're not perfect. We're not the be-all, end-all. That's fine. We're not angels. And therefore, yeah, I make mistakes. But see, I don't make mistakes knowing that later on I'm just going to, you know, patch it up with whatever solution that I, you know, think that is, is, is a solution. No, I make the mistake. I realize my mistake. In that moment, what is repentance? Repentance is in, 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 in you know, and this is the theme of the whole, you know, you know Rosh Hashanah, like uh, the whole first month of the Jewish year um, is, is repentance in return. The word repent, the word that we use for repentance in Hebrew is teshuvah. And teshuvah in Hebrew means return. Because it's not, what's repentance? It's not, it's not, again, like it's not, it's not a mathematical equation. Return means, okay, I strayed from the path, but I want to come back. I want to come back to, to return to my roots, return to my creator, return to my, to my lifestyle. And so if this process is that you, if we, in, in, you know, internalize the idea that this is return and that we've all we've done is we haven't redefined ourselves. We haven't become a different person. We've just we've just gone off the path a little bit. We want to get right back on the path. And that's that process starts. It's like when you get when you get lost in, you know, on, on, if, if you're still if anyone's still using maps, you get lost. Right. Do you like realize that you get lost and then like keep driving for like 25 minutes, you know, as if nothing happened and then like, oh, oh now I have to get back on the road. No, you, you, you get lost. You, the, it, the first thing that you do instinctively is you try to get back onto the road. And therefore, we're just returning to our creator. He's waiting for us there. Um, and we just, you know, we, we, he, knows, he, he knows who we are. He made us. And so he knows that we, that we make mistakes. He wants us to, to internalize the fact that we always know we can, we can come back. And this is where I find it's difficult to have conversations sometimes with people. For somebody, and, and this is not just in a religious uh, realm. It could be in any realm of life. But where you don't see that you're off the road and you or you're off the road but you have no instinct or ambition to want to get back on the road. I've sat with people who smoke, they drink, they take drugs. Some that don't see that there's an issue with it whatsoever. This is their lifestyle and they're really happy with it. I it's it's difficult. It's difficult to be able to have that conversation to bring them onto the road so to speak or ones that say there's no hope 
You know, they're, they're, why, why am I going to even bother? And that's where to pull it back. You know, I, I, I use the metaphor all the time. If you're wandering in the desert, if you start looking where your destination is and you can't see it, it's easy to give up. If you just focus on your immediate steps, every day I'm going to do X number of steps. I'm going to walk for X amount of time and have faith I'm going to get there eventually. You will. So stop looking so far ahead to a destination unknown. Try to do baby steps. Right. You can't, you know, you can't blame people for being hopeless and for, <clears throat> for losing hope and for, you know, um, and, you know, being comfortable in the situation that they're in. Um, or uncomfortably comfortable. Right. Comfort comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's more comfortable that way. You know, it's like uh, uh, I heard, uh, I heard a, a, a clip from Simon Sinek, who's one of the big leadership uh, personalities today. He says, today's day and age, people my age are more comfortable um, suffering at work than, or, and, then, and then ultimately leaving their jobs than to go to their bosses to ask for a raise. Because we've we've we we get into our, and this this is everybody we get into our comfort zone and we we we'd rather take the 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 pain that we know than the pain that we don't know and, and it's it's scary to 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 break out of these cycles. Um, me personally, I've had since the last time we filmed here, I've had quite a journey, um, like an, an insane journey, um, and it actually it all began it all began with a, a diagnosis. Uh, you know, a, a mental health diagnosis. I was diagnosed uh, shortly after we spoke. I was diagnosed with ADHD, adult ADHD. Now, the backstory to that is, I, I, as a kid, I had different phases. Sometimes I was, I had there were school years that everything was okay, and then I had some school years. About when I was 11, 12 years old, 10, 11 years old, I kind of went off the rails, and so I saw, you know, I saw school psych psychiatrists, and they gave diagnosis, but in you know, all, all credit, you know, it's much credit to my parents for, for, for definitely wanting the best for me and, and, and uh, that really wanted to get me, you know, on the straight and narrow. Um, I was kind of treated as someone that, that had a diagnosis for a little bit, but then it seemed to have disappeared. I went from sixth grade, chaos to seventh grade, back, you know, getting good grades and, and doing good things. And so, and so I lived with this, with whatever was plaguing me for all these years, Thinking that I don't have it, um, that that went from from school into rabbinical school and yeshiva, um, which and then into married life and then into into working life here, you know, in Toronto as a, as, a, as a Chabad rabbi. And so what happened was is that I don't think it was some not long after you and I sat down that last time in, in May or June 2022. I was listening to a podcast. It's a podcast done by a an individual who runs an organization in the states. That it's called Nishamos, which translates from Hebrew into souls, and it's a it's a organization that helps people in the religious Jewish community that are going through mental health struggles, various types, from addiction to to ADHD to everything in between, from the, from the, from the you know the lightest to the heaviest, whatever everything. And he has a podcast, and he was actually sitting down with a with a with a girl who's a little older than me. She's actually a friend, a, a sister of a good friend of mine. And um, she's talking about how only at 26 did she realize that she, you know, had ADHD. And she's, and she's sitting there and she's, she's telling, you know, she's listing all these different symptoms in like one second. Um, chronically forgetting basic tasks and commitments and then trying to clean up and lying to people or like splitting, at least stretching to the truth in order to cover myself up. Check. Um, being afraid of of overwhelming situations, situations that require you know effort and more and more you know social social capital, check and like checking off all these different, 
and I've been, <clears throat> it's not something, it's, it's something that I've opened up to, to very few people, but I've was thinking about now the world, now the world, um, I've been thinking about it recently, uh, just being, just being much more comfortable in myself and being, and, and allowing people to understand that, yeah, okay, I'm, a, I'm in a position of leadership. I try to be a leader very much. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm also vulnerable. And so there's nothing to be ashamed of anymore. And I've, it took me a while to come to this equilibrium. But I've, I've been seeing a therapist on and off since I was a, probably 19 years old. Um, when I was still in rabbinical school. I had different struggles throughout. And, and therapy is like so amazing and so necessary. And I, like you don't even have to have mental health struggles to go to therapy. Therapy, therapy some, for some people is just an objective point of view, kind of compartmentalizing all the things they're going through. Shmuel. We go to the gym to take care of our bodies. We can agree with that. Absolutely. Therapy is the gym for your mind. 100%. And your soul. That's how 100%. I feel. 100%. 100%. The brain is also an organ of the body, right? You're going to go to the, you break your arm, you know, and, and you go to the hospital. You have, you have, a, you have an issue in, in your, in your, with your mental health. You go, to, you go to a professional. There's nothing wrong with that. And so I've been seeing a therapist on and on. And at that point, I was, you know, I was seeing a therapist for, 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 for quite a long, a long stretch. Mm-hmm. And I... And I kind of, and it could be that he was waiting for me to come to the realization myself after all these years. And I kind of got on with an, appo- an appointment with him. Um, he's actually a therapist. He's a Chabad rabbi with his own synagogue. And he has a beard. He's in Minnesota. Fantastic. Um, and I'm like, one second, doctor, do I have, do I have, <laughs> do I have ADHD? And, and I was still, I still felt this almost shame because it was always, I, I still grew, I'm like, like I'm not, I grew, I'm still a millennial, so like I grew up when, 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 when therapy and <clears throat> mental health was becoming less taboo, but still, I'm not, you know, I didn't grow up where it was already like a thing. Right. And so there was, I felt, when it was a hard realization to come to, and we, we talked it out, and I'm like, yeah, like this, check, 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 check. Like, hello, absolutely. And, and from that point on, everything became, Became became much easier. I'm, I'm saying I have no shame in, in, in saying that I started taking medication. Also, medication called Vyvanse, which I have. I know plenty of people that take. Um, it's fantastic. And so, starting to take medication and getting a diagnosis for me was like me being blind and then just glasses on, and I'm open up to a whole new world. In my personal life, in anxiety, and with my with my time management and with my professionalism and communications, everything, everything changed. And just and my my weight loss is actually kind of a a, a kind of a physical expression of, of that change. You know, I stopped eating at my desk. I don't eat at my desk anymore. And so I drink a lot of water. I just drink less coffee. A lot less coffee. I used to have to survive for the day just with eight you know with eight cups. And <clears throat> end of you know tail end of 2002 into 2003 to, to 2022 2020 into 2023 mine everything has changed and for people hearing this now and you know you being brave to share your story Shmuel uh I always say that when we have our guests on and they share their stories it I uh, my hope is that it helps people reflect within themselves and they look at you they look at themselves in the mirror and saying what am I doing for my development where am I at in life so by you sharing your story, that inspires one person to go and feel that they can open up to a friend, a family member, a doctor, a rabbi, priest, and be able to help cleanse themselves and Absolutely. start again. Absolutely. This is a big thing. Now, with your permission, uh, I, have a big, I have big questions in mind here. One of them being that I get asked all the time is, 
I'm going to do all these things to take care of my body, my mind. But in reality, I'm going to die one day. So what is the real point of that? That's a whole different kind of worms. With your permission, I'd love to have you back on another week. I'd like to pick this up because I think it's something we need to dig into because it's a question I get time and time again. We're really going to dig into mental, uh, mental health and development. Let's see where that goes. So uh, are you agreeable to come back? I'm, I'm game. All right. So we're left to a little bit of cliffhanger. I apologize, folks. But we'll see you back real soon on The Chosen Life, and we'll find out the answers from Shmuel.